0: And what you're going to want, everybody's going to want one of these. If you don't have one, I have a few extra. You want one of these little packets. So uh, if you don't have one, uh, look around you. There should be some extras. And uh, Sean, I'm going to hand you some. Do you mind passing these down to anybody who needs one back here? And uh, if anybody doesn't have one, let me know. I can, I can bring you one. Uh, need a couple more over here. Anybody else? All right. All right, well, maybe we're going to run out. I don't know. All right, all right. Who else? Okay, okay, all right. Y'all need one? Okay, there's two. All right, here we go. So anyway, um, what we're going to do, here, do you need an extra? Okay, there's an extra, just in case. All right, so what we're going to do is um, I'm going to ramble a little bit. I'm going to ramble a little bit. I started working on this message, I don't know. Uh, I actually started working on it back when I was on vacation. And I typically do not work on messages. I typically try to stay away from any kind of ministry-related work. But every once in a while, I get an idea, and I can't let it go. It's just like, you know, it's like it's better to write it down, because once I get it written down, I can kind of let go about, of it and forget about it. But this is one of those ideas I've kind of been thinking about for a while. And, and just so for you... You know, if you're not real sure where we're at with the series, we're calling the series Acts 29. A lot of us have been reading through the book of Acts together, and today we started uh, the book of Galatians. And uh, we are ramping up to something we call, uh, we call Week of Hope. And what we want to do is we just want to share with people the reason for our hope in Christ. And uh, so in this series, we've been doing a little bit of training that helps you, prepares you, trains you, And how you can communicate hope to people around you. And so in week one of this series, what we talked about, we talked about this. We talked about, and and I may not have said this very well. That's why I'm talking about it again today. But there are two things I'd like you to understand. Two things. Number one, only God can raise the dead. You, You got that? Only God can raise the dead, and only God can give sight to the blind only god i can't do that you can't do that and in in uh, in in what the Bible tells us that when we don't have Jesus, we are spiritually dead when we don't have jesus we're spiritually blind and and is As brilliant as a person may be, a person may be a fantastic storyteller, a fantastic uh, 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 preacher, whatever. No one, no one. I I could be the best preacher who ever lived, and I could not preach a message powerful enough, good enough, well enough to see a lost person saved. It is impossible. That the only way that anybody will ever be saved is because God saves them. By the way, uh, what I can't do, what the Bible tells us, that these things are impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. And and when Jesus says that, he's saying it with regards to this whole subject of salvation. Um, And so what we we need to understand more than anything else is that we need to have this incredible uh, reliance on and trust in God. Because apart from him, We have nothing to give and nothing to offer anyone. That just, I kind of want to get that said. That's really important. The other thing is, is last week we talked about what does it look like to be a witness to people around us. And we talked about the importance of the witness of our works. And we talked about the importance of the witness of our words. So there's what some people would call deeds evangelism or a witness uh, of our, our works. But then there's also word evangelism or a witness of our words. And what I talked about last week is that the, the, the being a witness by our works, a lot of times what that looks like, it doesn't look like me performing signs and wonders. Because I can't do signs and wonders. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I could go raise the dead, you know, know, make a a lame man walk or a blind person. See, I can't do that. But just because I can't do a sign doesn't mean I can't do something significant for another person. And just because I can't do a wonder doesn't mean I can't do something wonderful for another person. And last week I told you the story about how Joy went to one of our neighbors who had recently lost her husband in a tragic accident. And all she did is she went over to visit Karen, and she just said, you know, Karen, I'm so, so sorry for your loss. And she just spoke with Karen. And she showed Karen that the kindness that she needs in the middle of this incredible grief of losing a man that she has loved for decades. Um, that, 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 you know, that, that the witness of our works... It, it, it's just being able to show kindness to people who need kindness. That's what we're going to try to do through Week of Hope. We're going to be doing things that, I don't know, maybe it's goofy, I don't know, but, but we're just going to do whatever we can. We're going to wash people's cars, we're going to give blood, we're going to make cookies and treats for police officers, I think. Are we doing that this year? Okay, we're not doing this, that this year. But whatever it is we're going to do, we're going to go to the 11, we're going to help kids who come from some of our most challenged neighborhoods. But focus on this with me. Focus on this with me. We're going to show people kindness who need kindness. And, and you know, what people don't need is they don't need a, uh, this really big explanation of why uh, we were created as opposed to evolved. They, you know, most people, what they need is they need an apologetic that says this. The way they show kindness to people around them is so powerful, I cannot ignore their message any longer. I have to listen. And then we talked about a witness of our words. And and one of the things I said is that sometimes what we try to do is we try to create this conversation, and we try to do it, you know, give them everything we think they need to know to become follower of Jesus in 15 minutes and get them to cross the line of faith, you know, close the cell like that. And what I said is that, that really the witness of our words most often looks like this. It looks like just kind of letting people know, not awkwardly, because we can all, you know, there's an awkward way of doing this, and then there's an natural way of doing this. But naturally letting people know that we go to church. So for me, what's really easy, I'm a cyclist. I look for opportunities to talk about cycling. It may be the Tour de France. It may be anything. And I talk about a couple of buddies of mine from my church that I like to ride with, and I like to ride with them because they are they because i 'm faster than they are, Brandon and Chet no i 'm just kidding, uh, but what I do is I say, you know my buddies they're they're kind enough to let me hang with them, and but it's just naturally i 'm letting people know that I go to church i 'm not awkwardly pushing church into the conversation, but a lot of being a witness by our, our words is just simply letting people know that we go to church. It's not trying to push people to make a decision for Jesus or even push people to go to church against their will. It's not that. It's just kind of naturally letting it flow into our conversations. And the other part is naturally letting uh, uh, people know, naturally, not awkwardly, but naturally letting them know that our faith is important for us. And that can look like a lot of different things. You can listen to last week's message. You can get all that. But today what I want to do is I want you to pretend with me that someone comes to you and they say, what must I do to be saved? Anybody ever have someone come to them and ask them that question? What must I do to be saved? All right? I, I, I'd, I'd like a little integrity in this group. I don't want any showing off. But let me ask you, and and it's okay just kind of it, it's okay to admit weakness, okay? It's it's okay to do that. I'm weak. I'm inadequate. All right? But let me ask you if someone came to you and said, "What must I do to be saved?" How many of you besides me might feel a little bit inadequate in the moment? Anybody feel a little bit? So what I want us to do I'm going to read you a verse of Scripture. This is not, Kathy, Kathy, this isn't in the notes, okay? It's not in your notes, but it's just something that this morning I was thinking about it, and I just thought, I need to read this. I need to read this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 4 through 6, the Bible says this. It says, such confidence. This is the confidence we have. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. We have this confidence. It's through Christ. It's before God. Such confidence we had through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves. You get that? I'm not competent in myself. I can't raise the dead. I can't make someone who's spiritually blind see. I can't argue anybody into the kingdom of God. I am inadequate. I am incompetent. I am a weakling. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. You hear that? See, sometimes we are so focused on our incompetence and our inadequacy that we lose sight of God who says, guess what? In me, you are competent. In me, you are adequate. With man, what is impossible, with me is possible. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. You are competent as a minister. Not Gary Ronson you. Every single person in this, this room that calls Jesus Lord, who's following him, you are competent. Your competency doesn't go from going to grad school, even at Dallas Seminary. That's not what makes us competent. Your competency doesn't come from having memorized a hundred chapters of the Bible. Your competency comes from God. He, God, has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. See? every single one of us, when we go out in week of hope, when we go out of this room today, we are ministers of a new covenant and we are competent in God. He says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Today, I want us to talk about what would you do if someone came to me or came to you and said, what must I do to be saved? What would you do with that person? Uh, before I do that, I want to share with you two quick thoughts and two verses of Scripture. Okay? First thought is this. Um, this is going to be fast. Number one, we, and this is in your notes. Uh, what you do is you take aside the little three-by-fives, keep them paper-clipped together, set them to the side for right now. Okay? Uh, if you want to, you can put them in your pocket. You can put them in your purse. Uh, take it home with you. It's not, you're not going to do anything with it right now. Um, But the first point is simply this. We want to always be ready. Who wants to be ready? We. God wants us to be ready. I want you to be ready. You want to be ready. We want to always be ready to answer anyone who might ask us for why we hope in Christ. We want to be ready. We want to be ready to be able to give people, if a person asks me, why do I hope in Jesus? I want to be ready to share with them why I hope in Jesus. The Bible says this, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. If you've got those notes in front of you, just look at this. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Okay, let's get that settled first. Jesus needs to be the Lord of my life. If Jesus isn't the Lord of my life, I'm not going to be adequate. I'm not going to be competent. Uh, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Circle that word, prepared. Always be prepared. Always be ready to give an answer. Circle that word, answer. We want to be ready with an answer. We may not be able to answer every question they have, but we want to be ready to give an answer to the most important question, and that's the reason for our hope. To everyone who asks uh, to g- ask you to give you the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Not awkwardness. What I'm not asking you to do is to awkwardly go door to door like a Mormon missionary or Jehovah's Witness. I'm not asking you to do that. Uh, I'm not asking you to Put on a sandwich board and march around town that says, you know, repent or burn in hell forever. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I am asking you to do is I'm asking you to be ready. Okay? Number two, we want to always be ready to answer anyone who might ask us why we hope in Christ. Number two, we want, and I left the word want off here in your notes. I apologize. Uh, We want to be wise in how we converse with people who don't know Jesus while graciously making the most of every opportunity to help them find answers to their questions. Okay? Uh, We we want to be wise in how we converse with people who don't know Jesus while graciously, graciously, not awkwardly, not offensively, graciously, okay? Um, Graciously making the most of every opportunity To help people find answers to their questions. We're not going to make an opportunity more than what it is. I'm not going to try to shove someone across the the line of faith. By the way, I have done that before. I'm pretty good at shoving, pushing and shoving. Uh, But we're not going to try to awkwardly argue people into the kingdom of God. We just want to be ready to graciously share with them an answer. An answer. Not for the questions they're not asking, but the one most important question, which is, what must I do to be saved? So I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And, and you have, uh, you have that you got this morning, some three by five cards. Uh, these are mine. They're you know they're paper clipped together. I keep them in my pocket. I uh, carry them with me. Been carrying them with me several weeks, everywhere I go. And um, and what? Uh, I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you a story about a person, a couple guys, uh, and uh, it. it, it well, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you a story, all right, and, and well, you can make up it whatever you want to. These are my three-by-five cards. Because you cannot read what I've written, uh, I'll just uh, – we, we've also got it up on the board, Okay. Uh, I want to tell you a story about a couple of guys. This is uh, just in, using a little bit of a creative imagination. All right, a um, couple of guys. One guy, we'll just say um, we'll say his name is Seth. All right, because I got a nephew named Seth. All right, and uh, and, and Seth, uh, he's got a friend, and we'll just say his friend's name is Lucas because I've got a nephew-in-law named Lucas. All right, and uh, they've been working together. And Lucas is kind of a funny guy, good guy, um, and, and, but he's not really, a, he's not a Christian, doesn't really go to church, uh, never been that interested in it, was raised by his grandmother, raised by his grandmother. And, uh, and, and so they've been working together for a while, and so one day, uh, you know, in, in, in through uh, the years that they've been working together, Seth has just kind of made a point to leak good news for Lucas. He doesn't try to push Jesus into a conversation in a way that's awkward or forced. He just leaks good news. And so, you know, over time, uh, Seth is a cyclist too. He talks about some friends from church that he goes cycling with. And he's just kind of let his friend know that he goes to church. And also, he, on occasions, when it's been appropriate, he's let uh, Lucas know that his faith is important for him. Well, Lucas has kind of been going through some hard times. His grandmother that raised him has been very, very sick, has had cancer. Uh, it's been pretty tough. And and uh, Lucas, who's normally a really, really uh, happy-go-lucky guy, uh, it's just been hard for him. And on different occasions, you know, he's just kind of shared with Seth that it's been really hard. It's been really, really tough. Just, you know, in the... In, just a natural, normal, everyday conversation that you have with people you work with. And so on a couple of occasions, Seth has had asked Lucas, he just says, bro, do you mind if, can I pray for you and pray for your grandmother? And, and Lucas has said, yeah, I, I would really appreciate that. By the way, a lot of times people who don't go to church, people who are not Christians, they still appreciate it. When you pray for them, they do. Because it tells them that you care about them. And uh, Seth's prayers were always really simple. Uh, They were never preaching. It was always directed to God, but in the hearing of Lucas. And he would just say, God, I want to thank you for my friend Lucas and uh, his grandmother. And, uh, Lord, I know this is a really, really hard time for her. This is a really hard time uh, for my buddy Lucas and what I'm going to pray is just that your will prevail in this. I pray that for the doctors and the people caring for her, that, that, that you'll give them the wisdom they need uh, to give her as much comfort as they can as she's going through this very, very difficult stage in life. And um, I just pray that you would give them grace going through this difficult uh, life uh, issue. And I pray this in, in Jesus' name, amen. And he just prayed that for him and with him on a couple of different occasions. Well, eventually, uh, Lucas's grandmother dies. And uh, it's, you know, Lucas has always been this, he's kind of a funny guy, jokes around a lot. Uh, And, and, you know, he he lost his parents when he was young, but for the most part, he he hasn't experienced a, a lot of loss, a lot of sorrow, at least not like this. And for him now, Lucas is struggling and he just feels empty and he feels this crushing weight of grief and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And so he comes to uh, his buddy Seth at work and, and he says to, to, to Seth, he just says, Man, I am just, I'm, I'm, bro, I am struggling. I mean, I can't concentrate in work. I I, I just, you know, right now, I'm just, I feel so empty. I feel so lost. And I just feel like this grief is suffocating me. And I feel like there's something missing in my life, and I don't know what it is, but I think it might be something that I saw in my grandmother's life, and I think it might be something I'm seeing in your life can you help me? And so what Seth says is he says, sure, bro. I mean, would, you know, I, I can talk to my wife. I can talk to Daniela. Daniela and Seth are not married yet, but in the story they are. Uh, but it, and he says, can, can, um, I'll talk to Daniela, and, and maybe we could have you over for dinner either Wednesday, Thursday this week. And, and Lucas is like, yeah, that would be great. And so uh, he talks to Daniela, and that Thursday they agreed that, that Lucas is going to come over, and he comes over that night. and He's had dinner with them before. He knows their are three kids, and uh, they love hanging out together, and the kids are kind of acting up at the table because Lucas kind of gets them acting up. You know, he's kind of like, almost like an uncle with the kids. And, um, and so they're, they're having dinner, and after dinner, uh, uh, Seth says to the kids, he says, kids, uh, you, I, I'd like you guys to, to just go to the other room, maybe watch a Disney movie, uh, you know, uh, The Godfather or something like that. And uh, But but uh, Lucas and I, we're going to go out back, and uh, we're going to sit around the fire pit, and we're just going to talk a little bit, and we want to be undistracted. And so Daniela kind of takes care of the kids, and they go out there, and, and they're sitting by the fire. And... Uh, and what what Seth does is he says, "Seth, can I show you something that my pastor showed me called the ABCs of the Gospel." And so um, Seth says, or uh, Lucas says, "Yeah, sure, sure." And so what 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 uh, what Seth does is he pulls out his three by five cards. And on the first card, don't you love my handwriting? It is beautiful. That's why it's also up here, all right, because my handwriting is not beautiful, all right? But he pulls out his first three-by-five card, and he says, my, my pastor likes to call this the ABCs of the gospel, which is basically God's message of good news about his saving power. And uh, what the Bible says, uh, a guy named Paul, an apostle, says, For I, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so, Seth, uh, excuse me, Lucas, or yeah, Seth asked Lucas this question. He says, "He says, um, do you know what the gospel is?" And, and Lucas is like, "Well, I mean, I know what gospel music is, but I don't know what the gospel is." And he says, "Well, the gospel is just a, a kind of a, a religious word, and what it means is it means good news. That's what it means." Okay? The gospel, it's a message of good news, and it's a message of good news because it's a powerful message that brings salvation. It's a powerful message that brings salvation. Do you know what salvation is? And Lucas says, well, I mean, uh, you know, I I think maybe it means being a better person, like going to church and stuff like that. And, And Lucas says, well, those are results of salvation. But well, what salvation is, it's a work of God. It's, it's a work of God in our hearts and our lives, where he begins to change us from the inside out. And, and what the ABCs are, uh, the, it's just kind of a simple way of understanding what the gospel message is and what's required of us. And, um, and A just simply stands for this. Uh, a stands for Admit. Stands for admit. Uh, What the Bible says, it says here, if we confess, see that word confess? If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just. That means he can always be trusted to do what's right. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Look at this. And purify us from all unrighteousness see that and, uh, and and then Seth asked Lucas he says he says you know what is what does it mean to confess something and Lucas says, well I mean it means to admit he says yeah it means to admit it means to say the same as and in if we confess our sins what 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 do you think sin is do you know what the word sin means and and Lucas says, yeah I, I think so I think it just means like bad stuff bad stuff we do and Lucas is like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's anything that I might do that, uh, that, that uh, either in, in, uh, in thought, uh, in word, in actions, uh, that breaks the heart of God. It's anything that I might do that's wrong. Or it may not be something that I do wrong. It may be something that's right that I don't do. Like not showing kindness to a person who really needs kindness in the moment. And so uh, what the Bible tells us here, is that if we admit, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to, uh, to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Meaning this, it means that you know, when I get honest with God and I tell God I have sinned, I do sin, and I'm a sinner, that what God does is he doesn't get real angry with me he, 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 what he does is he forgives me. And look at this. He purifies me from all unrighteousness. Uh, Lucas, is there anything in your life that you regret? Anything that you wished you hadn't done? Anything that you kind of carry with you? And Lucas is like, well, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. And what Seth said to Lucas, he said, Lucas, if you will confess your sin to God, he will completely forgive it. He will purify you from all of it. You don't ever have to regret any of that ever again. That's what God does. And uh, and he says, and, and then uh, Lucas or Seth says says B stands for this. You know, first the A is admit. That's the ABCs. Admit, admit that I'm a sinner. B stands for believe in, and. Uh, and, and what the Bible says, it says, For God so loved the world, okay? God so loved the world, that he, God, gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever, oops, whoever, creative speller, whoever uh, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, um, and Lucas, what, what do you think? What do you think it means to perish? And Lucas says, well is that kind of a is that a trick question? I, I, th- I think it means to die. And in, uh, it says, yeah it means death, but not just physical death it means spiritual death. It means this eternal separation from God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, never ending. But if you believe in Jesus, you will not die spiritually. Instead, you will have eternal life. But what God wants to give you is He wants to give you eternal life in response and reward to believing in Him. Does that make sense for you? Luke said, yeah, yeah, it makes sense, it makes sense. And then finally, um, Seth says, you know, the A is admit, admit I'm a sinner. Uh, this. The, the B means to believe in and to believe that Jesus is God's one and only son and uh, believing in him so that we won't perish and have eternal life. Okay? And then finally, oops, um, C, C stands for call on. Okay? To call on what the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, and, and to call on the name of the Lord just means simply is asking God through his son Jesus to do for you what you can't do for yourself. To call on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse you from all of your sin, to to call on the Lord Jesus, to forgive you of your sin, to give you eternal life, and to make you, you the kind of person that God wants you to be. And so, Seth asked Luke, Has, have you ever made a decision like that, to call in the name of the Lord like that before? And Luke said, no, not really. I mean, I've gone to church every once in a while with my grandmother and... You know, I kind of believe in all the God stuff and I kind of believe in the Bible and, you know, I believe in Jesus and all that kind of stuff, but I've never really done anything like that. So Seth asked, well, is that something that you would like to do? Would you like to call on the name of the Lord and be saved? And Luke thought for a moment, he thought, yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. And and so... Um, Seth said, well, can I show you what that looked like for me? Uh, you see, when I was a teenager, I started going to this youth group because Daniela, who I went to school with, went to this church, and I kind of wanted her to go out with me, so I thought if I went to her church, she might go out with me. And, uh, but the youth pastor there, she wouldn't go out with me anyway. But anyway, eventually she did. But, uh, but the youth pastor there, Mike, uh, he showed me this, the, the ABCs of the gospel. And then what he did was he led me in a simple prayer, and it looks something like this. It's, it just, it's, it's a simple prayer, and what it's really about, it's not about the words. It's really more about the attitude of your heart. But the simple prayer was this, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. Um, I've sinned against you. In thought, word, and deed, I've sinned. I'm, I'm a sinner. Um, I, I believe that you are God's one and only son. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were raised again on the third day. I believe that. And I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to give me eternal life. And I ask you to make me the kind of person that you want me to be. Amen. Mike led me in a prayer like that, and it felt a little bit awkward because I'd never really prayed before. And praying out loud felt a little bit strange for me. But I prayed with Mike, but I meant exactly what I prayed. And you know what God did? He saved me. He took away my sin. He gave me eternal life. And he's making me into the kind of person that he wants me to be, sometimes against my will, okay? Sometimes I kind of dig in my heels with God a little bit. But he doesn't give up on me. And and he he and, and and sometimes it's three steps forward and two steps back, but he doesn't give up on me and, and God is changing me. Still changing me. Seth asked Lucas, Would you like to say a prayer like this right now? And and call on the name of the Lord Jesus to save you. And Lucas said, Yeah. And Seth said, would you like to try to say the prayer in your own words? Or would you like to kind of do what I did and pray the prayer that Mike gave me? And he said, you know, because I I don't really know how to pray. I've never really prayed before. I think kind of what you've written down there kind of nails at least what I, I think I'm feeling in my heart and my mind right now. And what Seth did that day was he led him in that prayer. And Seth was saved. Excuse me, Lucas was saved. I'm so confused. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Folks, it's a miracle of grace. If anybody can follow me through one of my messages. Yeah. And it's a miracle of grace when anybody's saved. It's, It's not because I'm clever. It's not because Seth is clever. It's not even because of all of our prep work. It's because God is, is awesome. And God is saving people. And the Spirit of God is working and moving in the, in the lives of people that you know right now. And you may not see it, but He is at work. By the way, I don't know how old you are. I don't know if you're 25, 35, 75. It doesn't matter. You are here today and the people that you are around, the the Air Force didn't bring you here, your job didn't bring you here, your parents didn't bring you here against your will. Nobody brought you here today but God. And He brought you into the life of every single person that you rub shoulders with every day. And He is the one making you competent To be a minister of a new covenant to be a witness for Jesus by your your kindness and your deeds, by leaking good news into your conversation naturally, not awkwardly, and simply by being ready when the moment comes. Folks, if this looks strange or hard for you, in your notes I've got down there, written down there, card one, card two, card three, card four, card five. All you have to do is write it out on those 3x5 cards I gave you. By the way, why am I doing it on 3x5 cards? It fits in your pocket. It's inexpensive. Uh, It's not polished. By the way, people don't want polish. They want personal. It's personal. They see your sloppy handwriting like they see mine. By the way, the sloppiness of our handwriting... There's no limitation to God. Um, You take this home. It takes 25 minutes to write out the cards, five minutes a card. Uh, You you take this home. You sit down with your husband or your wife. You role play with them. The first time you do it, it feels super awkward and strange. The second time you do it, it still feels strange, but not as strange as it did the, 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 the first time. You do it a third time, you know what happens? It's like, oh, this isn't really that hard. You do it a fourth time, fifth time, you find a rhythm, and it flows for you. And it's an investment of two, two and a half hours. By the way, if I told you I'd pay you a million dollars for two and a half hours of work, would you do it? Yeah, I think so. Just don't cash the check, all right? Now, let me ask you this. If someone you really deeply care for were to come to know Jesus and spend eternity with, you, with God and with you, would you be willing to do this? Folks, 100 years from now, that million dollars is going to be worthless to you and to every other human being. But 100 years from now, you'll be celebrating in heaven with that, that friend, that person. It's a small investment of your time that can have an eternal reward in the life of another person. I really don't know how to end this today. But I say I don't know how. I think I know how. Because I think God told me just before I stood up here. I think God was telling me that there was someone that was going to be here today That is hearing this message, maybe not for the first time, but the first time in a new way, in a fresh way. And as I was doing this, God was working their heart saying, today is your day. Today is the day that I want to save you. You don't need clever words. All you need is a sincere heart. So I'm going to lead you. Um, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that I prayed once as a little kid, but again when I was about sixteen. Uh, my life. my life felt empty. And I was uh, angry, really, really angry, struggling with a lot of fear And, uh, and just struggling with an overwhelming sense of loneliness. And I prayed this prayer and sometimes I still feel Empty, and sometimes I still feel sad or lonely. Sometimes I still feel all those things. But I know God is with me, and I know God is for me, and I know He'll never give up on me. I know He's coming again. I know one day He's going to make all things right. And if this prayer, my prayer is your prayer, I want to invite you to say it with me. You don't say it aloud. You can just say it, you know, quietly to yourself and to God. I'm just going to pray it a praise at a time. You can pray it silently to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I need you. I've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. I believe that you are God's one and only son. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you were raised again on the third day. I ask you to come into my life. To forgive my sin. To give me eternal life. To make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. God, right now, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing in the lives of people around me. I have something of an idea of what you're trying to do in my life. But God, right now, I just pray for anybody who hasn't made that decision yet. I pray, God, that that they would draw near to you and that they would be saved. And Lord, for anybody today who made that decision, I pray, God, that you will help us as a church to rally around this person and help them begin to take the steps that they need to take in a new walk with you. God, I want to pray for uh, for week of hope. I pray beginning next Sunday, you'll help us to do a great job of showing people um, kindness, through things like the car wash, through serving at the leaven, through through all the different things, the activities, giving blood, all the things that we do. I pray, God, that you would help us to let our life shine before others in such a way they see our good deeds and you are the one who is glorified in it. God, help us to be witnesses for you in our words. Help us, God, to 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 just naturally leak good news into our conversations, Then naturally let people know that we go to church, that our faith means something to us. And God, I pray you will help us to be ready. Help us to be ready to share with others the reason for our hope. Help us to do that, Lord. And I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen.